Thank you for listening to the FBN Conversation Podcast. For more information about FBN, visit us at unala.com and follow us on Instagram at fbn.mbmt. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to FBN Conversations. I'm Andrea. And I'm Justin. Today we're going to interview someone very near and dear to my heart, my sister Casey. Welcome, honestly. Thank you for coming. Thank um, you. It's a joy and a pleasure to have you with us today. Just to get to know your heart a little bit and, and see where you're at with your walk with Jesus and just share your testimonies with us, your experiences, and it's going to be a good one. Go ahead. So like Justin said, we're excited to see have you here and just to start off and get to know you a little bit what are three things that everybody should know about you um three things uh would probably be my favorite color is yellow awesome <laughs> um i want to one day have my own business okay. and the last thing would be um I love to travel. Nice. You love to travel? Yeah. What is a specific area that you'd love to travel to? That I would love to yeah, travel to. Yeah, that you've never been to before, but you think that you'd like to Um, I visit. think, well, I have been to like Asia, so I love Asia. And I know I would want to go to probably Europe as well. But for right now, like my heart's just for Asia and I just want to like go to either like Thailand or like actually spend a lot of time in like South Korea and stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And go to India. <laughs> yeah, you've always loved India. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we know you went to YWAM. Yes. And so YWAM, for the people who don't know what YWAM is, it's a Youth with a Mission. And it's a program based for our focused on youth and cultivating revival in them and cultivating a, a activated spirit so they can go to the nations and impart. So we would like for you to share your YWAM experience with us and what part or maybe what day came to really mark your life while your time at YWAM? Um, well, YWAM was honestly just something like a crazy experience. Um, since I had grown up in the church, I was like really kind of excited just to really go deeper with God, especially since I wasn't walking with him before. I was kind of, when I found out I was going, I was like, I actually know what I'm going to be doing with my life. Like yeah. at that moment when I received the email, I like just started crying because yeah. I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. And so since that day that I felt like that till the day that I came back home, it's just, it was just a crazy experience. And I think like not only feeling the presence of the Lord, like right when you walk on campus, because yeah. it's so evident and just like the people, like I've never been around such loving people, like people who are always complimenting you or like mm. bringing you higher and just speaking life into you it was like super like overwhelming at first and I was just like felt really <laughs> uncomfortable I was like uh but I think I needed to also surround myself with that because I was like around a lot of negativity whether it wasn't mm. towards me but someone's just like oh, I hate this oh I hate that and like everyone's just like this is happening but I love God and I love my life yeah. and so like just a lot of positivity was something I just needed to be around and I think there was one specific night that I'll always remember that I know like marked like my life mm -hmm. was um, we were we got a text that the women were gonna have a gathering in the we call it the tent like of the fire tent mm -hmm. um, so I was like super excited and the whole week was already just talking um, about like just the leaders saying like oh I did this like I used to struggle in like pornography and like mm -hmm. but now and like giving their testimony on like that type of stuff and it was just kind of opening the door allowing people to be like it's okay to be like confess your sins yeah. because when you confess it to somebody like the enemy doesn't have authority over it anymore. yeah and so they were like allowing, giving us permission the whole week. And so I already knew it was gonna kind of be on that. And um, that night we were just worshiping and I kind of felt like a resistance in my spirit to like, not really like, I wasn't 
really letting go of something mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what it was but I was just I just started crying and then someone came up to me and I was just like they were just um praying for me and then um they were just saying like all of these things like I didn't have to say one word and until like they're like whenever you felt like someone said okay so you shouldn't be like that God wants you to know like you had the right to feel like that and like just like saying all that stuff and then like I was able to be like hey like can I like confess my sins to you basically Wow. so um like since my sins since elementary school to like that like that my high school years and all that stuff like every single thing that I did whether it was like sexual morality or like drugs or anything like I just like spilled it out to them and I was just like crying and then um I had a lot of like struggles like with um guys and so like I was never like I never put a lot of like um what's the word like I didn't find value in myself Mm -hmm. like I just let myself be used and abused and so um they were just like hey I just feel like God's trying to been trying to knock on your door and oh gosh (laughs) and that he's just like with the like flowers just standing outside and just being the gentleman just waiting for you and I was just and at that moment sorry I just felt like I was like that's the moment I fell in love with God all over again because it was just like that's the relationship I constantly want to be in And so, since that night, I've never woken up. Before that night, I never woke up happy. I always was like, ugh, I hate, I don't want to wake up. Like, I was like, another, like, when I would wake up and open my eyes, I'm like, I just want to go back to sleep and, like, have a couple more days and just sleep. And that, the next morning, I was super happy to wake up. And I even told my roommates, I was like, good morning, guys. Like, I was super (laughs) happy. And, like, I've always woken up like that since that day until, like, till this day. I don't, like, ugh, I don't want to wake up unless I'm, like, oh, I don't want to go to school or something. But, like, other than that, it's, like, it's not, like, I don't want to wake up and live life. It's always, I know, like, my purpose. Beautiful. And it's really important that you said that I think is going to be important for everyone to understand and do is that as long as we keep sin in darkness, it's comfortable. Yeah. But when sin is brought to light, it's exposed. Yeah. And when it's brought to light, it can no longer prosper. So the last thing we want in the church, in the community, is for people to sin and know that their sin is something that's parting the relationship with Christ yeah. and not confess it. Yeah. So I encourage everyone to find that person where, hey, I'm struggling with this, honestly. And I was ashamed to speak of it, but I want to tell you it because... I need to bring it to the light and I want prayer for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we all have our struggles, but if we can't find that person that you can shoot a text to, or you can say, hey, can we get coffee? I really need to talk to you. Yeah. And then we're allowing darkness to live inside of us when we've been called to children of light. Yeah. So that was just an awesome testimony of that part. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So now that you've shared like your experience at YWAM, um, we spent the summer at 21. So what was the difference Ooh. that you felt between uh, YWAM and 21? And just like comparing the two experiences and then coming home from those two experiences. Well, I loved both um, 21 and YWAM. But I just feel like the difference um, is like with YWAM, I spent a long time there. Yeah. I basically lived there for six months. And then, um, but the concept and like the teachings and stuff were like the same mm-hmm. and at first it was a little hard for me at 21 to like kind of hear like Brian Brent speak on um something that I heard before whether it was like passivity and stuff but what like struck me at 21 was when somebody said even if like look at yourself and even if you're struggling like with one percent of passivity like this is why you're hearing this again to like mm-hmm. get Ooh, rid of good. all of it and I was like, because I was like, I already got rid of passivity. Um, I got rid of this and all this stuff. But, like, I can even still have that 1% yeah. still. Yeah. I was like, and so that's why hearing messages again isn't, like, shouldn't be like, oh, I already heard this. I already mm-hmm. know. Like, I, God really was like, you don't know everything. Like, mm-hmm. just because you spent six months, like, 
every single day, morning and night, knowing, like, hearing teachings and just with me doesn't mean, like, you hearing this again, you know, because there's new revelations and there's new, like, there's still some pieces that God's, like, needs to work on. Exactly. So, again, like, I love both and both brought two different things to Mm -hmm. me and, like, I felt like with YWAM, it was the beginning of my walk and Mm -hmm. um, just starting it. And with 21, it was like, just kind of more like, remember, like kind of giving me a chance to like, remember, don't let passive, don't let these things come into your life. And so it was like a reminder. And it was a a lot of like, just building myself stronger with Mm -hmm. God. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because sometimes I feel like, we can tune out of messages when we feel like we've heard them mm-hmm. before. Like, yeah. to me, like, I think I've heard the gospel 50,000 times, mm-hmm. but every time the gospel is preached, I feel like I need to be saved again. Yeah. And not just because it brings conviction, but just because I, it magnifies the glory of God and Jesus yeah. so much that it's like, how am I even worthy to be part of yeah. all this? You know what I mean? So I think we have to be careful when like, oh yeah, I've already heard that message. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we'll hear it again yeah. because God doesn't do coincidences and maybe there mm-hmm. is a part of your life that God's still trying to reflect, hey, listen, listen yeah. to this again, the message again. Like, I just came back from a conference and I'm literally gonna listen to all the messages I just received again Yeah. because it's like, I know I couldn't have grasped everything. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. we have to be careful with uh, that passivity. And what do you? Th- why do you think comfortableness or passivity comes into the church or into our walks what would you say that you think like or you would warn people like don't do this because i feel like in my experience this brought passivity this brought comfortableness i think well just kind of being to yourself and not like um kind of like what i said earlier if i never had shared something with somebody like it and like kind of acknowledge something yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of times i feel like in the church i've expressed this to my mom too that some things are like put off to the side or swept under yeah. the rug because they're like we don't really talk about that yeah. and i just feel like that can bring like passivity to the church because mm-hmm. we need to talk about it it's happened in the bible and doesn't mean it's not going to be happening now yeah. and so it's i was true. just i think that's really like how passive you can be in the church because yeah. there's subjects that need to be brought up and because people are going through it but they just feel like they can't talk about it because mm-hmm. they're like they just hear just don't do it mm-hmm. and not like yeah but what if I'm doing it like what do I do now like how do I get out of it and how do I do this and all that stuff yeah. yeah because when silence is something that you become accustomed to yeah you find comfort in that because it's what you that's know mm-hmm. and so that's, that's what turns into a habit or yeah. a lifestyle good. yeah so you were part of two big companies we can say YWAM and 21 which birthed out of out of YWAM but they're two big um, established companies of of cultivating revival and cultivating something real, a genuine move of the spirit and relationship with Christ. And now you have a chance to pioneer, be a part of a team that's pioneering a new movement, which is Fire by Night movement. Mm-hmm. So uh, we just want to know what your vision, what do you see coming out of FBN? And we don't want, FBN doesn't want to imitate the other companies. Yeah. It's a bit, we want the genuineness of Christ mm-hmm. inside of it. So what do you see coming out of FBN? Um, I see, well, since it is mainly, like, youth that are, like, kind of starting up, I just feel like, um, kind of reaching, that we're going to be reaching, like, high schools Mm -hmm. and, um, colleges as well, but I just feel like high school, middle school, especially, because Mm -hmm. that's kind of, like, the core of, like, when struggles kind of start to happen, and so I just feel like just that we're gonna be like you said just genuine yeah. and I just feel like we all kind of strive to be like very spirit-led mm-hmm. and I feel like as long as we do that that mm-hmm. everything's gonna kind of be laid out for us like we're gonna have the blueprints like laid out in front of us and if I just feel like we just that's what our goal needs to be that's good. every single day whether it's we're gonna meet up as a team or just individually in our lives that we just say yes right when we wake up and that we're gonna always be obeying. Amen. But yeah, I just feel like obedience is really gonna be 
something that we're gonna be leaning on a lot. Yeah, that's good. So, um, as for your part in FBN, I know you came up with the design and stuff like that. So, um, how did your passion for art develop? And um, since Encountering Christ, how do you think that has changed or how it's going to change from now on? Um, well, for art, I've been um, drawing since elementary school, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I always like started off with like cartoon drawing and all that stuff and then in my projects yeah <laughs> and um I, I've always loved it because I always related to art whenever mm -hmm. I saw work of art I tried to like see or feel what the artist was trying to like portray mm -hmm. and so um I would read about it and all that stuff and before Christ I would draw a lot of depressing things mm -hmm. I would draw either like a dying tree <laughs> or like a lady crying up I would have like literally notebooks and I'm like mom I just finished drawing and she's like why is she crying why is she looks sad I'm like and I would actually be like I don't know and mm -hmm. I'm like and she's like you don't know it's like I don't know I just felt like I should draw her like that mm -hmm. but now I know because it's, it's like what I was feeling and all yeah. that stuff and since I've come to Christ um, I've actually been drawing things, whether it's like things with life mm -hmm. or things for FBN. Mm -hmm. Like, I've actually drawn like a lion. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. I've drawn flowers and um, and then I drew the logo and all that stuff mm -hmm. or the emblem. And I just feel like obviously it has changed because mm -hmm. I don't feel that depression yeah. anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah it's crazy how god does change your mm -hmm. um change around your life because he he had different plans for me obviously mm -hmm. i was right after high school i was like I'm going to art school guys peace out mm -hmm. but he's like no you're actually going <laughs> to oh, that's true. I that. yeah and i was like I, my mom like sat me down she's like i need you to apply to either bethel or ywm i was like Okay, I'll do the one that asked me less questions, basically. <laughs> and but my mind was actually like, I'm gonna go to art school to people who can I can relate to, mm -hmm. who are like kind of like sad, who kind of want to just like smoke, mm -hmm. um, just draw. But those aren't actually the people I relate to. I actually found the people I relate to mm -hmm. in YWAM. That's yeah, so, that's good. Yeah. Um, four people in your life that have really come to influence it. Um, we can say, it doesn't even have to be with Christ. You can mm -hmm. add some people who have influenced your walk in Christ, but people who have just sowed into your life and you say, these are four people that I really appreciate because they have influenced me in many areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, one would obviously be my mom. Mm -hmm. um, probably a lot because whether I was mocking her or anything she would always be like praying for us mm -hmm. or praying mm -hmm. for me and i remember clearly like me like laughing in, in her face because like obviously something inside me was like manifesting mm -hmm. and i was just like <laughs> i was just like yeah. laughing yeah. and mocking her and she was like and she was just like saying basically what i just said like this isn't you and all that stuff and i was like um, but yeah, she's always been a prayer warrior and I've always looked up to her because yeah. just how her discernment and her wisdom is mm -hmm. just like, it's just crazy. And every time, like I've been reading Proverbs and she was like, yeah, I want you to like, that's a book I was actually going to like tell you to read. And I, I was like, yeah. And I like thought about it and I was like my mom has so much wisdom yeah. I was like it's true and it's just like I want to have wisdom like that but more mm -hmm. offense mom but <laughs> um, but yeah so that's one person and uh, even though our relationship right now is still like kind of growing yeah mm -hmm. and since I've come back it's been growing mm -hmm. and I really appreciate her and just like yeah. Just somebody I'm always going to be looking up to. Um, and I think um, 
I don't know if this counts as two people or like one, mm-hmm. but I would just also say I'm gonna count as one. Sorry guys, mm-hmm. but um, my siblings actually, because mm-hmm. I just feel like they're very, um, like they don't give up on anything. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that just kind of like makes me like, okay, I I know like I should I'm not gonna give up on this because yeah. I'm gonna fight for what I believe in, and mm-hmm. I just feel like like for my brother and in this case like he believes in revival and mm-hmm. he's not going to do anything he's not going to stop until he sees it mm-hmm. and like with my sister like she's always been such a compassionate and like person she's always like she believes in her music as well and she's mm-hmm. not going to stop mm-hmm. and especially with like our new EP that's coming up or mm-hmm. the single like she's mm-hmm. just like <laughs> yeah um, like sh- she's always somebody that's like go for what you believe in and mm-hmm. I feel like that's both that's of good. them yeah, and good. I think for the last person I'd also I would just honestly say my family mm-hmm. because they're just especially now in this season they've become a lot more spirit like spirit led people mm-hmm. and on fire like with my dad I there was this guy on my outreach and I'm like you remind me a lot of my dad <laughs> <laughs> and I love that guy and I was like and I couldn't understand why but then I was like my dad does that or my dad mm-hmm. like you like my dad the same way <laughs> and I realized like the like I looked at the guy and I was like he loves to read his word I was like I was like why does that motivate me mm-hmm. to want to always read my word and then I was like like you read like my dad and then so then I was like my dad loves to read the word so like just like like when I hear him preach and stuff and it's just straight bible basically and I'm just like it just motivates me to continue to like be my word so I just feel like having the family that motivates me to always either pursue for more is just like I'm just honestly blessed and like a lot has come from this new season that we're all walking in mm-hmm. and that we're all our lives are changed now yeah. and we're just walking more towards God and not in a different direction we're all basically in the same mm-hmm. path now that's good awesome. yeah. so on this new path like if there was one last message that the world could hear you preach what would question. it be about redemption mm. mm-hmm. Um, every time I heard, like, or every time I, when I was in Nepal, actually, like, I would talk to this, I talked to this man one time, and he was talking to me about, um, Buddha, and when you look into his eyes, you feel like he's condemning you, and all this stuff, and I was like, what? And I was like, no, I was like, with God, like, his redemption, his love, and I was just, like, telling him, and I just feel like there's so many people who feel like they don't get a chance to, like, redemption isn't an option for them, Mm. and I just feel like redemption really meant a lot to me, because I was like, I had all this baggage, I had all this sin, but he was Mm -hmm. like, just come to me, and, like, I'll redeem everything, I'll, Mm -hmm. like, I'll just, like, it's okay, and Mm -hmm. and I just feel like there's a lot of people who are like, that's not even an option for me, Mm -hmm. like, like I've done too much stuff and I'm just like no mm-hmm. like you whether you have or you haven't like mm-hmm. he's just always there with like open arms yeah, yeah. that's good that's real good because redemption is kind of I mean and we all know it but it's kind of like that word or that that characteristic of God that kind of like slips under the table yeah like we are just like we see it yeah salvation but what redeemed is like he bought us back you yeah. know what I mean like we were mm-hmm. With a, with a price like it wasn't like free you know what I yeah. mean he literally had to go to the cross for that mm-hmm. very same thing that you say would be your last message to everybody which is amazing yeah, yeah. Amazing. and like you said that some people think like that redemption isn't an option and that's so true because yeah. and I feel like that's something that keeps so many people away from God yeah because they're afraid to confront what's there because in or in for themselves and for the people around them it's not easy to forget or it's not easy to forget that yeah and for but god isn't like we are yeah. so it's crazy hey, it's good <laughs> it's it good. good so you got saved you your spirit got awakened yeah. you started this walk with god it's been amazing it's been wild but what has been the biggest challenge or struggle since you came to christ 
Um, since I've came to Christ, um, I think since I came home, there was more of a struggle than me being like out there in Kona mm-hmm. because out there it was just like everything was. I'm not gonna say easy because it wasn't. Yeah. There was a lot of like things did come up, like God tested my patience, like with roommates and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And but I just like feel like being here kind of having to deal like with reality sometimes and kind of having to give him my stress Mm -hmm. was a lot like I usually was like I can handle it I can handle it and throughout my whole life like I've been like that and I just feel like when I when I bought these little healthy gummy things um excuse me for stress and I was like eating them and then I was like why am I doing this? (laughs) And I was like, if I'm doing this, I was like, I just feel like I'm not actually trusting God. And so I was like, I just feel like the little things, like knowing that he's going to take away my stress and like that he's always going to be there. And also kind of with school now, work and like church, having like my quiet time has Mm -hmm. like sometimes been like, I either have to wake up early or try to like take it to work yeah. or like do it at night and I just feel like that's something I really cherished a lot when I was able to have it literally all the time mm-hmm. because I was just like that in Kona is actually where I started like loving to read the Bible mm-hmm. and cool. I was and I'd always be like late at night everyone's sleeping I just walk to the prayer room just to have my quiet time and I just feel like sometimes it's hard here because like we do have to like face reality sometimes and like I have to wake up early in the morning I can't stay up too late or something but Mm kind of like having to figure out my priorities I think that's going to be the struggle yeah because I always want to put God as my priority but then again like I said reality like there's school work church but I just feel like finding the time frame was a struggle in the beginning and I just feel like I'm slowly like saying like no this is gonna be the time yeah mm-hmm. but yeah I just feel like that was probably like and that's struggle. cool you say that because I feel like many people at least our age are in school and church and work and all that I think the amazing part of all that would be when we're in that intimacy when we get that chance mm-hmm. like we say God in this moment reveal yourself to me as Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm stressed out. Maybe yeah. I have finals. I have some stuff. Com- um, I have commitment with the ministry, and I have commitment in my household, and then I have commitment at work. You need to reveal yourself as Prince of Peace. Yeah. Like I need to experience the peace that passes all understanding. Because yeah. it's like sometimes we kind of like forget that God is so many things, mm-hmm. and that He calls us to have find refuge in Him. You know what I mean? Which means our first thing shouldn't be smelling the scented candle. It should be going in prayer and saying, God, I need peace. Yeah. And I need your peace. Because this is all crazy, but when your peace comes, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. now my mind's cleared. Let's think. All right, got to do this, this, this. I can schedule this in here. Yeah. And it's kind of... I actually experienced that last night um, because this whole week was really stressful for me. Mm. Like, having to make sure everything's in order for like the media at school and then something came up with someone who's like really close like close to my heart Mm. um and like there was issues going on in their lives and it just really hit home because I was really mad at the enemy and I was just like I was so mad but I was like praying and I was like God I know you're gonna you're gonna fix all this in their lives. Like I already, you did it in my life. I know you're gonna do it in theirs. Yeah. But I was just, I just still had this like anger towards like the enemy, and I was just like, I was then, I was running late to work also, and then I, because uh, I had to literally run from my class to the train station, then run from the train train station into the car and like drive to work, yeah. and I was just like, just stressed, and there was traffic, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden, like, my mom was like, Casey, you can't have everything in your hands. Like, mm. you have to, like, let some things go. And I was like, I was like, and I said something very ignorant, but I was like, 
I can't. I was like, I can't have it. I was like, and she's like, no, you can't. And in my head, I was like, I really can't. I was like, I don't know why I said that. But I just started crying. And she's like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not okay. Like, there's so much going on. And I was like, and then she's like, you want to talk about it? I was like, no, I'm already late. I was like, I have to go. And we came home. I had worship. And I was just like, and she said something like, I feel like you guys, someone just needs to cry. She's like, not because like you're living in sin and you're feeling condemned, but like just to let it go and give it to God. Mm-hmm. And then like I was still in my head, like a gajillion things are always running in my head. And so I was just like, I was like thinking, making sure everything's in place. But then I finally was like, okay. And then I just started crying. And like I could, like I just couldn't stop crying. And then all of a sudden, like I felt like, like if you're with your parent and your parents like mm-hmm. hugging you and you're, they're like it's fine like mm-hmm. allowing you to cry and I felt like God was just like hugging me and allowing me to cry and mm-hmm. right then and there like my mind went blank mm-hmm. and I felt like complete peace like the mm-hmm. weight was lifted off of my shoulder and like that's exactly what you said like like when you say just reveal yourself as Prince yeah. of Peace mm-hmm. like it's real like he really took off everything all like my thoughts that are constantly running mm-hmm. and like silenced everything mm-hmm. and I was just like oh my gosh finally like, thank <laughs> you God good. um so I know that you said in a moment or in a time in Kona when you had a women's gathering that was like a defining moment for your time in YWAM what has been besides that a defining moment this year this year yes. um 2018 <laughs> um I think finding moment this year. This year started in January. Well January, February. Um for three months, um, I was still in Nepal. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was something like defined me there and also being here as well mm-hmm. at home. She's the one that without like home, let's say a home one. Home? Yeah. Home, I feel like something. Okay, sorry. What can you like elaborate? Like? Um, a defining moment in your walk, like um, something that that marked your heart and caused created a change. Like you were walking a certain way, and you you experienced this, or you felt this, or received this, and that was like something that has been, um, mm-hmm. like guiding your walk from then. Okay. Um, well, when I came home, um, I felt, like, very to myself for a little bit. Like, not towards, like, my family, but towards just outside and, like, society and all that stuff. And I felt like, um, there was a moment where God was, like, saying, you didn't go through, like, everything to, like, kind of keep to yourself. Mm -hmm. And, like, only keep it within the church and I was just like okay I was like well I don't know how to talk to people anymore (laughs) and then so like he did like put me in situations where he was like like what are you gonna do in this situation and like I did respond like the way like I know I should have responded Mm -hmm. and like the new person that I am that's how I responded and I just feel like every chance I got like with friends that like oh, like, let's hang out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There, I would always say, like, have God be, like, the center of the conversation. And I just feel like he was basically saying, like, this is why, like, you had to, he ma- I told you to stay home mm-hmm. because my plans were to go back. But he was like, no, like, you have to stay here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but why? And I was, like, really mad about it. And he mm-hmm. It was like you're staying and I was like okay if I'm staying give me peace about it instant peace and mm-hmm. I was like okay and I was like but now why like give me the reason why I'm staying and that was one reason because there's people here that I know that don't know the truth mm-hmm. and I just feel like that was a moment where like he was when I was like praying and I was like God I don't know how to talk to people I want to talk to people and he was mm-hmm. just like you, I told you to stay because you need to start learning how to talk to people. Talk to people, but about me. Mm-hmm. And it's not like 
um, empty conversations. Mm. And I just feel like a lot, like, when Justin talks about empty conversations, that's always what, like, strikes me. Because I'm like, I have to remember, like, I can't be having empty conversations. Like, what are my conversations about? Or if I'm not having conversations, let me actually start having conversations Mm -hmm. with people and not let them be empty, but let me talk life and truth into them. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like when God was saying, you're going to kind of, you have to be here and you have to be the same Casey, outgoing Casey, but not the same Casey. Mm -hmm. Be the Casey that you Mm -hmm. were called to be. That's good. But yeah. So this... There's like a new epidemic that came up on it. And it's been around like for years and but I feel like in our generation it's really come to hit a peak. And it's suicide and depression. Mm-hmm. It's something that we hear too much of. Yeah. I mean like just I think yesterday uh rapper Mac Miller died and my friend texts me, he says, Hey listen, I had a neighbor 25 24 25 years old she just hung herself this morning this is today in the morning when he told me this Mm -hmm. and then i look online and there's a football player who killed himself before get on the team bus or something like that and now the bro is dead before Mm -hmm. a saturday football game in college this is like three instances in less than like 24 hours Mm -hmm. and so it's something that's not good like yeah. this is a life that got created with purpose and with all these things and so because i've seen you come out of a state where you were depressed yeah where you were having suicidal thoughts mm. can you share with us the challenges that you went through when you were in that phase and how you overcame all those things because the quick response for everybody is find someone to talk to about it yeah but in the end of the day if you find someone who isn't centered in christ it's going to re- keep revolving in a circle because they're going to be yeah. like, okay, hey, let's just go out for drinks. Let's do this. Or they'll be like, hey, bro, stop doing drugs. Okay, but maybe it wasn't even the drugs. Yeah. Maybe there's a deeper issue to all of that. You know what I mean? And so what happened? How did you get out of it? What were your struggles during it? And what would you say for people that are in it now? Well, I think how kind of I kind of went into it was a lot having to do with my hair loss mm. and it was like me not feeling for the people who don't know how did your hair loss begin? um so it's something called alopecia and it's just a hair loss disorder and just your um hair follicles are basically eating each other mm. and um so it happened in i think early eighth grade and it just started in the back of my head and then it it just spread throughout my hair or my head and then I eventually just decided to shave the rest of it off and um, praise God that I have most of my hair now and mm-hmm. I have like like four bald spots but I just obviously continue to have faith that it's gonna be full mm-hmm. restoration mm-hmm. Um, but that was honestly the part where I started to feel like I wasn't pretty anymore mm-hmm. um, I felt like no one's like like a guy isn't gonna like me or anything like especially at like the middle school age where everyone's kind of still like defining themselves like trying to figure out who they are and it was like really hard for me because I was like I don't even know who I am like what am I like why is this happening and all this stuff and then um I would cry and be like I can't go to school mom like I just look ugly basically Mm -hmm. and like she was like, I can take you home right now. Like, she was about to drop me off. And I'm like, I was like, yeah. And then so, like, she'd take me home and all that stuff. So it was, like, an on and off. And then there was a time where I was, I felt a lot better about myself. And I was like, I was like, okay, I feel fine. But then in high school, my freshman year, um, a guy was, like, presented to me for the first time. Because before in middle school, a guy what really struck me was like a guy was like well you're really ugly like you don't have any hair blah blah blah. he was just saying all this stuff and that's another reason why I got really close to have my guy friends at that time because like they got super productive and they're like like why would you say that and they were like just like all up on this guy and and I was just like crying and so like in my head I was like 
obviously like people don't think I'm attractive and all that stuff and so my freshman year like a guy was like presented to me and he was like oh I think you're so cute and I was blah 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 and then so I was like whoa I was like I grabbed onto that as fast as I could mm-hmm. and I did that and it didn't go as planned they're like hey I actually the girl I've been wanting to date mm-hmm. like said hey let's talk or whatever so he's like deuces went with the other girl and that's the moment I was like yeah I just like everything went downhill since then I was like I knew it and then like um I I didn't know like where to find like that love anymore because I was just like I like for the short amount of time I like leaned on that person so much and then like when the person came back and it was like so unhealthy like it was it made me like feel like I had to do something to earn that person like I was like because if not like I don't look like everyone else they can leave and like in the blink of an eye and so that in my head I'm like I was like oh, I have to like I have to do anything to let like this person kind of like stay yeah. mm-hmm. and like once that person like left and my parents obviously didn't agree with that I I felt very like sad and I just went into like this deep hole and like there was a lot of times where I even wanted to like cut myself and all that stuff and like the praise God like nothing ever happened because I was just like I wouldn't I was about to I was like I would just stop and I'll start crying and I would spend well, it was a summer where I rearranged like my whole room to make sure it was extra dark mm-hmm. like I didn't want like anyone to go in there like I moved like my blinds around my bed so like it was more of a shadow so I like would sleep basically all the time and that's kind of when I knew I was kind of like in a hole when yeah. I was like I just want to go to sleep like I don't want to talk I want to go to sleep and a lot of my like joy and all that stuff like kind of just like faded away and there was I think two or three times where I did attempt to like overdose in like pills and um there was one time specifically that I was about to I was in my parents room and no one was home and um I was like about to and all of a sudden I felt like a resistance in my hand like if someone was like pushing my hand down and I was just like and I I didn't know what it was and I was just like I was like kind of freaked out I was like why is like my hand feeling so heavy all of a sudden and then all of a sudden I just start crying again like I just drop everything start crying and um and uh about a couple months ago from now God did show me every place he was at that moment and he showed me like that that was him like Mm -hmm. resisting and like every time like I would want to like either cut myself or like overdose or something like every time I felt like that resistance or like I can't do this like all of a sudden like I drop it like that was all him and I feel like um that's another reason why like this week was really hard because another situation of somebody trying to attempt suicide happened this week and um it was I could relate a lot to her because she does have alopecia Mm -hmm. and she doesn't feel like she's um she's a girl anymore Mm -hmm. and so she's having identity issues as well and I was like I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore either like Mm -hmm. like is a guy ever gonna like me again and all that stuff and so, like, for her, like, now to be in that position, I had so much anger because I was, like, like I know the lies of the enemy that were being whispered into her ear. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that, like, suicide and all that stuff is really, like, it hits home for me because I know what the lies are. And mm-hmm. I know, like, how um, dark it can get. And, like, in your head, sometimes you're even thinking, like, I would go to the beach sometimes and it wasn't fun for me anymore because all I wanted to do was just walk into the water and, like, go until, like, I'm just done. Yeah. And so, like, it didn't become fun for me after a while. I, I always found it as somewhere, like, sad. And um, 
I just feel like there's a lot of people um, that feel like they can't talk to anybody because I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody either. My parents and the school kind of were like, okay, there's something wrong with you. And the school provided like a school counselor. Yeah. And they're like, you're kind of going, you're going to therapy. And I was just like, the lady is like, so tell me how you feel. I was like, if I don't talk to my parents, I was like, why would I talk to you? I was like, I don't know you. I was like, you don't know me. I was like, you don't know the struggles I'm going through. So I just feel like there's a lot of people who feel like no one's going to relate to them. And I just feel like that's another reason why, like, people, you have to go to the people who are with God because people who aren't are going to try to, like, say you're this, like, you're bipolar or you're this or you're that. Or if you go to your friends, they're going to encourage it, too. Because that's, like, I guess, like, it's in. It's trendy to be depressed. Mm -hmm. It's trendy to be, like, oh, I hate my life. I want to die. Like, people take it so lightly, but it's not a joke. Because, like we said, there's about four situations this week. Two of them, or three of them, died. And it's not a joke, and we use it so lightly in this society. But I feel like sometimes people joke around with it because they're actually feeling it and I feel like we can't take their jokes as jokes we need to be like hey if you need somebody to talk to and allow that person to relate to you too so would you Mm -hmm. say the moment you overcame it was literally the moment you met Jesus yeah when you stopped feeling Mm -hmm. sad you stopped feeling depressed but a genuine encounter with him not when you went to like a bible study you know what I mean no Mm -hmm. because I was my parents like had people over everyone was praying everyone was like hallelujah i was in my room crying depressed all this stuff i had it around me Mm. and it was constantly around me and i and my mom one time barged in my room she's like what's wrong with you i told her i was like i just want to die like Mm -hmm. i just straight up told her and she was like and she just started praying for me but it's like, like you said, it's not going to be at a Bible study or like a cute little talk. It has to be a true encounter. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be words really hitting your spirit and not just like something that's going to bounce off. Like you have to allow God to really like speak the truth and yeah. speak identity into you. Because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people who it's lack of identity and lack of love. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to stem off that with two things. One personally while my sister was going through these things it was tough for me because i knew what she was going through but it was tougher because i didn't know how to love you know what i mean i was i was in a place where i was a popular guy at school i was the one at parties i was the one doing drugs i was the one doing all this so for me it was more like I don't I've never dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And so because I had not I definitely didn't have Jesus in me. I definitely didn't know how to love. I always tell the testimony I'm I might have had girlfriends and I might have had girls that I talked to, but there's not one time in my life that I ever loved another person. Mm-hmm. Literally. Besides my family members, and I loved my sister while she was going through that, but I didn't know how to express love. Because I don't know love until I encounter love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it, it's hard, not even for the people, the person going in, but like the family members seeing these things happen. It's like, okay, if I'm not in Christ, and I didn't think this way, obviously, but mm-hmm. I would be like, I don't really have anything to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have anything yeah. to do. Like, mm-hmm. to me, to do that, to talk about that, it was an uncomfortable feeling for me and all those things. So I kind of would like turn the blind eye. Like, I would know she was going through that, but then I'd be like, they, like he doesn't even know this there was one time that I overheard a guy who did something to my sister and she probably doesn't even know this so the only thing I knew how to react was I grabbed like six of my homies and we literally went to the guy and I told him straight to his face because that's the only way I knew how to handle it I said if I hear one more time that you're messing with my sister we're, you're gonna be done no really mm-hmm. but that's the way I handled it you know what I mean like instead of showing her love mm-hmm. and affection my handling was I'm going to go threaten this guy that if it continues to happen, me and my homies are going to jump him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Like, that, but that's how I'm like, okay, I got her back. That's mm-hmm. how I, I think getting her back was when in reality she didn't need 
that what she needed was someone to be there for her and love her yeah. Yeah. and so stemming off of that the thing i need i need second thing i want to say is us as christians who have the truth need to be more approachable yeah definitely we need to become more mm-hmm. approachable yeah. we need to live a life that's genuine not fake so that when they see us they don't come because oh i know that person loves jesus maybe they just come because i see that person's different yeah i've never seen him sad i never seen her sad he's always smiling he's always giving hugs mm-hmm. that's something different guys yeah people aren't going to approach the church or want to come to the only place that really they can find help if the church is a place of religion and closed doors yeah if a, pr- a church is a place where we think we're better than everybody if a church is a place where we can't have a conversation to somebody about these things we've all encountered love we've all encountered jesus christ yeah. we need to make ourselves approachable because that's the only way these things are solved guys mm-hmm. like yeah maybe they can go to site look at this is not even to condemn people this is not judging but all i'm saying is we see demi lovato's life mm-hmm. she was doing so good but because true change doesn't happen without Jesus, she falls back into it. Yeah. yeah. She was doing great. She was doing beautiful. She had recovered. Everything was going great. And then you find out that she overdosed. Mm-hmm. She's in the hospital. She's alive. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But do you see what I'm talking about? They need a genuine change. And we're the ones that can offer it. But we're also the ones that are so close that we're only with our own cliques. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing I would encourage the church to do is be more approachable and live a life of a genuine God that when you can talk to people on a train in your school that people are going through these things every single day. And especially our generation, there's girls like you who have are have and are going through those things and through those pains and there's guys who don't know how to react and there's guys who feel like no one wants them and there's guys that feel low self-esteem that we need to be able to embrace. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be able to embrace. So that was just my two cents on that thing because yeah. it's a very important, important issue. That's it's an epidemic that's happening, mm-hmm. and it's horrible because God has purpose for those lives, purpose designed yeah. that even if He didn't see it, that's what God He destined for. Mm-hmm. And a genuine encounter, like you said, like we don't want them to fall into oh, come to church, go to religion. Yeah. yeah. No, it's hey, let's. I can meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. I'll go to your house. Yeah. I'll go grab a cup of coffee with you. You don't have to come to my church, mm-hmm. but I need you to meet Jesus because I care about the life that's inside of you. Yeah. We. That's what we got to get to. It's it. Oh, it's crazy, guys. And like you said, I feel a certain. I don't feel a certain. I hate the works of the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate every lie that he speaks over these people. I hate every deceivement that he speaks over people like this and to get them depressed and to get them thinking that their life is worthless. I hate it because it's disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. And as long as we don't get involved, they'll keep drinking their lives away. They'll keep do- overdosing on drugs. They'll- a 24-year-old hanging herself in her bathroom. It's not okay. What yeah. is that? It's not okay and we can't just be here and just be like oh man yeah let's pray yeah let's pray and act the kingdom of god is not a matter of talk but of power yeah of power go and demonstrate that power if we live kingdom the manifestation should come out of the kingdom you know what i mean jesus jesus when he walked around even if people believed him or not it was an excuse for him not to talk to people it was an excuse not to love on people it was an excuse not to heal people to set people free yeah I'm talking about go have a liberation and hey come here no i'm talking about you have the spirit of discernment and if you know a person's sad just be like hey i just want to give you a hug yeah, yeah. and just say hey i just want to let you know that your life is worth something and they're like what are you talking about i'm not sad or anything i'm like no you don't have to be sad i just needed to let you know because they're not going to be open yeah i'm going through all this maybe yeah but you'd be like if you know it just be like i just want to let you know that you're an awesome person i don't even know you but you just, and you just encourage them. Yeah. Buy them a drink. And that's sowing. That's mm-hmm. planting. That's ex- letting them experience the love that they haven't mm-hmm. experienced before. Yeah. And I feel like even that's those simple things can affect somebody's life so greatly. Yeah. Like when they feel sad or when they feel like doing something, they can sometimes be reminded mm-hmm. of that one thing and be like, this person just like go back and be like, this person will said on this like yeah and i just feel like those little things giving somebody a hug buying somebody a drink showing love mm-hmm. can really be like 
life-changing to people. That's good. Yeah, that's good. We have two more questions. Go ahead, Drew. Um, so I'm just going to go back to, I, you shared that your parents were people that influenced you or people that you looked up to. And when you first came to Christ, you were in Kona, you were under leadership from people that you didn't know, you respected, but you didn't know. And so coming home, now you're under the leadership of your parents and because they're your pastors. And so what are some challenges you face in having to distinguish roles between you're my parents and looking at them (laughs) as your pastors? Um, well, at first it was really hard because I was like, is this my mom speaking or is this my pastor speaking (laughs) or like vice versa, like with my dad. Um, and at first, like I would tell, like I did tell my mom specifically, I was like, you kind of let me know, like (laughs) if this is like, which one is, which is talking Mm -hmm. me and, but I feel like a lot of change in my obedience has come i feel like whether it's my pastor or my mom speaking doesn't matter i still have to obey and listen That's and good. like i was reading in proverbs like just talking about correction and like the wise receive correction and stuff like that and like with everybody who has like tried to correct me and stuff like that and like going like where you said like going from people who i don't know who are kind of like who were my leaders and it's a little bit easier to like receive correction from them because mm-hmm. you're it's, you're not as comfortable with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. But like coming back to be like, like I can talk back or something, mm-hmm. but kind of being like now, especially with me reading like Proverbs, just knowing what having wisdom looks like mm-hmm. is like receiving correction mm-hmm. and like having the obedience, whether my dad or my pastor's talking to me or my mom or my pastor's talking to me. Mm-hmm. I just feel like always saying just like okay and even though sometimes we may butt heads Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day like I have to be like well they're my authority no matter if they're my parent or my pastor Mm -hmm. so good all right last question for you share your you did in the beginning you said you had a business idea yeah share your business idea with (laughs) us and your vision for it Okay, um, so my business idea is to have my own cafe. One day I love (laughs) coffee and I just love the art of coffee because I do think it's just something that isn't just something you pour in the morning and take to work. I really feel like (laughs) there's good, really good coffee out there. And I just feel like, no offense, Starbucks, but you don't have good coffee. just learning, I like to learn about like the beans and stuff. Like I got a chance to be on you know, a coffee farm and I was just like, that's where I was like, this is really something <laughs> I want to do. And so coming back from that, um, I feel like God was just telling me that I am going to be establishing one here in like the LA area, but also I want to branch it out to India one day and um my heart is a lot for um women who are lost Mm -hmm. and who have lack of identity so um the human trafficking um so i just feel like to provide jobs for the girls who are in human trafficking because i did talk to girls in nepal who were um basically like strippers Mm -hmm. and i was i would ask them like why are you here they're like sometimes 13 years old like sometimes still in middle school and they're like I have to have a job like I have to bring money home and like that's the only job like they had to lie about their age they sometimes mm-hmm. have to go in the back with the men or like just sit there and like be used and mm-hmm. I was like that's where I received like I can have this open to women who not only women but also boys who get put into it as well um who um feel like that's their only job opportunity Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's not obviously and I feel like even if you are at a young age and you need a job that it can be there available for them Mm -hmm. and just training and I want to just have it all about God and Mm -hmm. when somebody walks in obviously just really feel like the presence and just not have verses hidden in my product but actually 
visible <laughs> because there's a lot That's of places crazy. who say they're Christian and they like hide their verses mm-hmm. on like the bottom of their bags but like there's <laughs> but like Romans one sixteen. for I'm not ashamed of the gospel like you mm-hmm. can't be ashamed of it and if I want to be a, um, if I want to have my own business and have God as the center I'm not gonna let like society or me being ashamed mm-hmm. of it come in the way so I want to definitely be like here's a cup and here's Jesus <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for coming thank you for being a part of this we really appreciate your vulnerability the rawness of the interview so we thank you for that we appreciate your life so everybody who's hearing this message guys I hope you guys are blessed and that you continue to be blessed by this message love you guys all Bye. Bye.